Welcome to the Remote Work Drive podcast with your host, Jessica Malnick. Stay tuned to learn how to manage remote teams that are effective, collaborative, and happy. I'm Davish Kanal. I'm the co-founder of Grow and Convert, and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on to the Remote Work Tribe podcast. Can you maybe tell me about the most exciting thing that you're working on these days? Um, grow and convert, I guess, is exciting. <laughs> I mean, we we tend to be a pretty stick to what works type of agency but you know in general our agency we're an seo focused content agency and results are just going really well for clients so that would be you know excitement number one and um we're expanding into to paid search and i can explain more about exactly what is exciting about our agency um if you like, or what is exciting me about the results. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to dive in a little bit more, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, we started the agency, I don't know, five or six years ago with this premise that most content marketing doesn't generate leads. How do we know that is we measured it. So I have on the side and what I had when I met my co-founder Benji was a AB testing agency. So my DNA is about measuring conversions and when we got to talking and his experience was similar to mine, when you look at a lot of these, a lot of companies doing almost any company doing content marketing and you sit down in Google analytics or in HubSpot or whatever, and you say, how many leads, free trial signups, demo requests, form fill, sales forms, can we attribute to individual blog posts or written content? The number is shockingly low. Like, you know, <laughs> It'll be things like, oh, our SaaS app gets 200 free trial signups a month. And you'd be like, how many comes from blog? Five. <laughs> like literally, you know, there'll be numbers like that, right? Where we just can't attribute anything. And you'd be like, well, then what are all of these blog posts doing? And the answer is not much, at least in terms of us being able to measure it. And so what we have built over time is... Um, a process to do written content that actually does generate leads. And the basis of that is that we target SEO keywords. So it's SEO focused. We tried non-SEO stuff like stories and promotion, but that usually is like a spike. And it's, that's that's almost less lead generating, kind of. There's some exceptions. Um, SEO focused, but focusing on keywords that have really high buying or conversion intent. We stumbled upon this from hard experience. From our first few clients, we we did a mix and we were like, huh, only these very unsexy keywords like, you know, this tool versus that tool or whatever, or this tool alternatives mm -hmm. uh, are generating all of the leads we're generating for this client. Like what is going on? And so over time we learned this, like, oh my goodness, the majority of what we're doing and what basically every other company is doing in written content, as far as measured leads is concerned, we can't prove to ourselves it's doing anything for the business. And that was this massive aha. And so we said, well, why don't we just do more of those posts? And so we found more, found more, found more. We coined this process called pain point SEO, as opposed to what? As opposed to volume chasing SEO, where you're like, oh, what do you have? 
like a, I don't know, like an accounting software. Okay, I got it. And then you're like type accounting software into an SEO tool and you sort by keyword volume, a keyword research tool. You sort by keyword volume and go after the biggest ones first or whatever, right? Or like for small businesses and they're producing like small business growth tips or whatever. And you're <laughs> and all the ultimate guide to small business tips or something like that. And it's like gets all this traffic. And then again, if you sit down and measurement, it measure how many leads or free trials it got for that accounting software, you're like nothing. And then you know, marketers have their like, you know, frankly, like reasonings or excuses. They'll be like, no, it's like getting your brand out there, blah, blah, blah. Sure. I mean, that probably is true. If you get page views, people are seeing it. So that's brand building. But like, why wouldn't you then go after the keywords that have high search that 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 actually generate leads? So that was our whole thing. And Painpoint SEO since then has has um, grown in popularity, like other people are talking about it, um, which is great. And we've just continued to refine that process. And so I guess when you asked me what is exciting, what's, what's the most exciting thing you're doing? Honestly, for me, like uh, I'm the kind of data conversion side um, of the founding team. And it takes me a long time as a result to be really convinced that something is working. And I'm really convinced that this is working. <laughs> and so seeing like we like we don't we have this funny thing where we don't have like long-term contract commitments with clients it's all month to month but seeing clients at month like 25 sticking with us even though they could quit at any time because it's we're a revenue generator it's like extremely ROI positive um of how many leads they get the value of them you know versus like how much they pay us and so that's just really great for us it it, it takes us out of a common marketing agency stereotype that marketing agencies are really like churn and burn like get the client you know do whatever uh minimum work and then get more clients when the clients churn so we're trying to trying to undo that at least on our side yeah absolutely i have so much to add there i have so many like kind of follow-up questions um more specifically there as someone who is a content marketer and as other business is also kind of in the content marketing um, space. But like, yeah, I couldn't agree more if the whole like ultimate guide chasing the highest volume keywords, like that may have worked in 2010 and 2012. Or if you're HubSpot and you're just trying to like, you've already kind of conquered all of the easy stuff, but like most brands can't, you know, have not even scratched the surface of all the bottom of funnel keywords out there um, or middle of funnel ones. Anyway, I kind of digress. Um, can you maybe speak a little bit more to what your current team structure is like at Grow and Invert? Yeah, um, it's pretty flat. So we have about somewhere in the order of like 10 to 15, maybe more like 15 um, folks. It's a mix. The bulk of those are um, full-time with us. Um, but there's also writers and just the nature of writers is a lot of them like their independence and want to be freelance writers and want to keep a bunch of other clients. And we're totally okay with that. And it, it we're fully remote. We have been from, I like to say we did it before if it was cool, like way, way before COVID. My co-founder is in San Diego and I'm in the Bay Area. So both in California, but uh, in very different places of California, many, many hours away. And the team is spread throughout the U.S. and a little bit international, typically like U.K. and all. I mean, we're a writing-based organization, right? So imagine English language speaking um, dominance. But we actually have some really great writers from non-English language speaking countries, which is amazing to me. And there's 
largely two tiers in terms of the actual execution of content marketing of like roles or not even two, two different positions. Content strategist. The strategist is what a lot of agencies would call an account manager. They execute the strategy and kind of manage the client, meaning what keywords are we going after this month? And then like, how do we craft the pieces to do it? Looking at the results, answering client questions and doing like monthly calls with them. They, every single strategist, well, I'll get there in a second. The second one is writers. And so the writers write the pieces, but a lot of like principles behind how we did this, there, there's, there's a few, one of them is like flexibility and autonomy. Like we said, people can keep other accounts, clients, whatever. They can also choose how much to work with us. So there can, we have, it's rare, but we can have strategists that are strategists for one account and then they'd like do other things with their time. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, but every, um, strategist starts off as a writer. You can't be a strategist at Grow and Convert until you've been a writer because like, that makes sense, right? They're like the, like the head chef in the kitchen has to be able to like taste the dishes and make sure it passes through. So similarly, the strategist needs to have the writing chops to like edit and make sure that it's at the level that we want. And, and, um, I guess every content marketing agency would say this, but we are very convinced that our level is pretty high <laughs> because we have a lot of time, a lot of trouble finding writers that work out for us. So anyway, they can write, strategists can write their own pieces or they can delegate some fraction of the pieces on their accounts to writers. And so for writers, we, you know, like we have writers that pair up with a couple strategists and they usually stick there and just work with them month after month after month on the same accounts. As opposed to what? As opposed to having a Rolodex of 450 freelance writers that were sort of outsourcing pieces here and there too. We don't do that. Every single person on our team is carefully chosen, gone through a pretty rigorous training and test project filter, and then is like part of our team. And when they get put on a particular client account, like they stick there if they're working out or we sort of say goodbye if it's not working out. And then they sort of stick there, build a deep relationship with that account, the product and the strategist on our side. Um, and then if if they're good, like expand to the other ones. And that's it, it's like these little pairings. So each client account either has just a strategist who writes their own pieces or a strategist writer pair and boom, boom, boom per account. And that's largely it. The other parts is like, we have a paid ads, a full-time paid ads specialist, amethyst. Um, and we have a full-time project manager who, um, makes the whole thing run in terms of like uploading the posts and a, a lot of the logistics around it, Elise. And that that's the bulk of it. And then we have some like one-off stuff, like um, with some coaching and some recruiting roles or whatever. It sounds like your team is like really, really well thought out and, you know, how to provide a really great experience for all of your clients, but also like in a way that is, you know, scalable within an agency. Can you, I know you've done something we were talking a little bit offline and I just have done something a little bit unique in the sense that like, hey, the, you guys don't, you are a flat organization and you don't really have any like, you know, management layer in between you and Benji and, you know, everyone else on the team. Can you maybe speak to how you can make that work? Because having, you know, 15 people report into you, I can imagine even if it is a flat organization could get overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally speak to it. it. It is very intentional, but I should say at the beginning, the caveat is like, this is what we know is to this level. So uh, what I'm going to say, like, 
take with a grain of salt if your team has a hundred. I would imagine at some point, well, let's let me phrase this very carefully. Not I would imagine, but it is quite possible that at some point this is going to be unsustainable, right? <laughs> but it's not unsustainable yet. Um, so as I said, like it's strategist on the account and um and a writer if they choose. There are some accounts where the strategist runs it and writes all the pieces every month for that account themselves. And they have been running for a long time. And Benji and I barely interfere. The person basically runs autonomously. And how do we get away with this is a great question because it's a question I we think about a lot because the, the side question is what I was getting at, Jessica, which is how long will we be able to get away with this for? Because we love it and everyone else loves it. Um, because uh, uh, another core tenant of like the team experience that we want to have for everyone at Grow and Convert is autonomy. So I mentioned flexibility. And the second one is autonomy. Autonomy means like minimize management to some extent, right? Don't have people like, especially micromanaging what you're doing. So a couple things. One very simple thing is there's two of us. There's Benji and me. So like we get away with something that maybe for a solo founder, they would reach their limit um, more quickly. Okay. Factor number one. And I'm just coming up with these factors off the top of my head. I have not like prepared this. Factor number two, uh, I think, is the quality of the people. Yeah. I mean, so like, you know, we have friends that work in much bigger corporate environments. My wife works in a bigger corporate environment, like you, all, all kinds of friends. And when you just like talk to people at work, Everyone who manages a team says sort of a, a version of the what Mark Zuckerberg famous line of like, he said something like a good coder is not, you know, 10% better than an average coder. It's like a thousand or something. I don't know. Apologies to Zuckerberg for me messing up his quote. I think that's similar is like when you have a good person, they just do their job really well and they, they run things. And so we filter very carefully before someone can like run an account and be a strategist that has a downside on our side which is growth is we've grown grown convert very very methodically and frankly slowly compared to what I, I don't know other agencies may be but we're very okay with that we talk about it all the time benji and i do but we always lean on this is in our nature this is in our dna is and we've called it people-led growth like, if a client wants to work with us, do we have the people to do that? And if not, they have to wait. And we've lost deals doing that. We've said, we don't have capacity right now. Like, can we talk in January? I remember I'm thinking of this particular thing that happened, I think, last November or something. And then something, something happened and we had capacity. And we reached out and she said, hey, sorry, like, I reached out to another agency and we're starting there. We're like, oh, that's too bad. You know, and that sucks. But like, that's reality. So there's that autonomy aspect. So Factor number one, what was factor number one? I don't know. I guess you can rewind. I forgot. Factor number two, autonomy. And then I think um, the other part, thing that comes to mind is process. So our agency delivers, we have a very specific process that works. Now that, as I said at the beginning of this, now that we're past kind of, we're a content agency that just writes anything for you. Like, what do you need? An ebook? Got it. Like, you want some interview with some famous VC? Okay, we'll do it. We don't do that. 
we have a very set process that clients buy into. They're not hiring us and being like, I'm going to tell you what to do agency. It's the opposite. They're hiring us and saying, you guys, I want to buy into your process. So you do your thing. That's what I'm buying, which is we pick these high converting keywords and we write one unique post to go after each individual code keyword. We're not sprinkling keywords around. I mean, there's like this whole process that uh, we talk about incessantly on our on our blog and all over our site, growingconvert.com. But maybe that's not this is not the place to go over every detail of the process. And so we run that process. The rhythm, the cadence of monthly work for our team is this: we do three articles. So we're going after. We're trying to rank for three keywords every month. That's maybe inaccurate phrasing. We're producing articles that will eventually rank for three new keywords every month. The idea is in a year of working with us, a company can envision over 30 extremely high converting, bottom of the funnel, high buying intent keywords that like if people, someone's Googling this, like they want our product. We should be up there and we're going to get customers from these keywords. Imagine 35, or I think it's like 34 is the first month we do a bit less. So somewhere on the order of 34, 36. Imagine that we say to a customer, and in a year, we'll be generally ranking for around that number. That's like our pitch and our value prop. And they will be converting and we will measure those conversions and we will report on it. We lean into that. We don't care about like traffic, keywords, whatever. We care a little bit um, or traffic and, and, and shares and all that. We care a little bit, but that's our pitch. To do that, we're executing this monthly rhythm, like three articles, pick three articles. And then there's like a promotion thing that happens. There's conversion measurement. So once someone's trained as a strategist, they're just like continuing that path. And so there's a repeatability. Okay. So, oh, I think I remember. So number one factor, there's two founders. That just admittedly helps. Number two we're filtering for like very good people, even if that slows our growth and it does slow our growth. Number three, there's a set repeatable process. Now, don't get me wrong. Like clients come up with all kinds of stuff. Like there's different issues and requests. I was dealing with one this morning that, that, that happens, but by and large, that's the bulk of it. It's not random projects. One day, one month, we're producing some $15,000, 15,000 word ebook and the next month we're doing something else. It's not like that. It's repeatable and it's uh, and, it, and it's systematic. Um, then I think we have some level of like reporting cadence internally. So the two project management um, tools. So this gets into maybe some of the nitty gritty that I guess um, I would imagine your audience is, is thinking about used to and like tools and tactics that you can implement yourself. We use two kind of primary um, collaboration tools that make this run. All of that content calendar and everything runs on Trello. Visual Kanban board, asynchronous. Every card is a um, particular content piece. All discussion about that piece happens in there. You attach stuff. There's like a set template. You have your Google Doc here. You, everybody can drop into any accounts board and card and kind of be in a very familiar land, know where to find everything, know what the status of stuff is, okay? Then there's Slack. In Slack, some we've implemented two things that have helped a lot and stuck with a, we've stuck with for a long time, which is the telltale thing of a particular process or system working at a company, right? Like, because there's other things that I can talk about in a second that 
have really frustrated everyone, including me, and that have nothing we're trying work is working. <laughs> but in this case, it is two things. Number one, every week there's a very quick update. We try to keep this, we try to reduce like the paper pushing bureaucracy meetings. So, like a lot of other companies do like the stand-up meeting and like a weekly meeting or a huddle or this and that or one-on-ones. We don't do that. So in terms of Benji and I like being the managers, quote unquote, yes and no, we don't do one-on-ones. Like there's no cadence of that because we keep in touch with the team in other ways. One of which is what I'm about to say is they simply do a very quick updates of the key stats and issues on their account on Monday, like Monday morning, typically. That's the cadence. It's not hard and fast. Like sometimes people do it on Tuesday, whatever, because we have flexible work schedule, but generally that's there. That came out of hard experience of Benji. Benji's a lot more like in the weeds of every data, every account. Like you could tell him right now, you could ask like name an account, be like, what's the top ranking post? How many leads are we generating? And he just like knows that stuff off the top of his head. It's frankly amazing. I have the memory of a small mouse. (laughs) I don't remember any of that. So at some point that became, he was doing that every Monday. He was going every single account, checking GA, checking Ahrefs rankings, checking convert, like all this stuff. And I was like, this is not sustainable. And so the strategists simply post this very informally and quickly. They post a couple screenshots and they say like, here's the conversion situation. Here's what we're tracking this month. And then they post their thoughts. Like, and it can be like, everything looks really normal. Same as last week. And that's it. Or it can be like, well, there's this issue here and the client hasn't approved the XYZ thing and we're delayed on this thing or that thing or whatever. And that allows me, Benji, and we have this, on some accounts, we have like a strategist coach. Uh, in this case, uh, a woman named Olivia Seitz, who's like amazing and has been with us for forever. Um, and she may sort of take our place. So that's, she's not really a manager. She's like, a, she like is a coach, right? So there's a very different power dynamic there. Like no one's reporting to Olivia. Uh, Olivia has a relationship with the strategist she's coaching of a very healthy one where they're like, hey, Olivia, like, what do I do here? And so that's our balance of um, you know, providing support while giving autonomy. And so they do this simply reporting and that keeps all of us up to date in a very asynchronous way. So that's something else we've embraced is this, all of our things, like I said, Trello is asynchronous. So is our like Slack weekly updates. We try to make it extremely fast. They're not filling out some elaborate form. You know, they don't have to update on XYZ. They update the way they want. Um, and we have a, you know, we know the metrics, like how are conversions doing, how are rankings doing is like the two primary things, you know, and then how's the common calendar. And some people use that as a way to like gather their thoughts and they like to write really elaborate updates. And that's okay because they say like, this is helpful to me because it gets me, my brain oriented to like, what's the status of the account and what should I do this week? And others um, do really short ones. And they'll just be like, yeah, everything's fine. Like the account I told you like 25 weeks and there's like this one strategist that's basically runs it by themselves and like does the calls by themselves and I hardly know what's going on. Like his updates are notoriously or famously like terse. Just like, here are the stats, things are good. And we're like, yeah, because things are good all the time here, right? Like things are fine. And it's asynchronous. I can check it when I want. They can do it when they want. We have strategists on in like Europe and then the East Coast, then the Midwest, then the West Coast, (laughs) right? Benji just spent a month in Bali. And so 
they can check it when they want and and everyone can kind of check when they want they can like reply in a threaded way or whatever and say like hey is everything okay there i got it or just like emoji react and be like sounds good thumbs up right and that's the same with trello like you post a piece like this is ready for editing it's asynchronous and that's really important because that allows us to do all of this so everybody has the information for example um by the way i've been speaking for a long time jessica any questions or i can just keep going Keep going. I have some questions, but definitely keep on going. Yeah. So like, for example, I had this experience with a client um, recently where, how do I say this in a tactful way? Let, let me generalize it. We've had situations where we've been introduced to some other agencies. And there's been times where like a paid ad agency, I'm like, hey, what keywords are converting really well? That's good for us to know on the organic side. And they're like, we'll get back to you on that. And have to like, like a week and a half later, send us like some report. That would never happen at Grow and Convert. Because if somebody asks, if you ask me right now or after the podcast, like this particular account, like how many leads are you getting? What converting? I can click into, and while I'm saying this, I literally have it open. I can click into any channel in our internal Slack of that client account and just scroll to the latest week's update, like this past Monday. And I can see screenshots of like what blog posts are generating, how many conversions, how's traffic doing, and I can see the total conversions for the month and like just the general health of that account from that strategist. And it takes them, I mean, the one I'm looking at right now, it's like, hey, everyone, we have 10 conversions so far in September. It looks like traffic falls in the usual range. There's a slight increase in organic traffic. And then some other things, rankings are looking pretty good. I'm noticing this movement on page one of this thing, that one thing kind of dipped, but there's other big wins over here or whatever. I mean, this maybe took her like 10 minutes, right? And so it's like these really easy, non-overloaded bureaucratic ways. And, and this is something that we think is just important is like they should spend 10 minutes every Monday because this came from hard lessons of like, because if, if, if your reaction is even this is too much tedium or paperwork, we think no, because first of all, I think that's a healthy question and pushback. And it's an important one. And we think about this all the time. But we think no, because what happened, one of the reasons we did this is if Benji wasn't checking accounts, this was like years ago, there were some times where things would slip because strategists so into the rhythm of like writing and getting the pieces out, they weren't paying attention to some traffic drop because the client pushed an update that no indexed the blog. Like anyone in the kind of marketing agency and SEO world knows that stuff like that happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, enough, it happens regularly. And so this helps us all catch it and it happens routinely like wait a minute this two posts just like they're always producing conversions what happened like they didn't and that weekly cadence is enough to catch those things fast enough for us to catch them not the client which would look horrible right but is not overwhelming it's it doesn't like fill us with paperwork and that i think allows there to not have to be like managers you know as much because we don't we haven't felt the need like we know what's going on we check in with them and then the other thing i will say is like client calls i guess is the last part let me recap what i've said so far so number one there's two of us that helps number two we filter for like just really good people um even if it hampers our growth number three i'm <laughs> i'm getting a little bit mixed up but at some point then we said we have these tools for asynchronous updates and communications, Trello and Slack. Oh, here's another thing we'd have in that number three bucket of these asynchronous updates that helps. We then, this was all for like work stuff. What are rankings doing? How is traffic doing for this account that I manage, for example? 
we learned that after you have, as you're saying, a certain number of people where you're not like talking to everyone extensively every day, that there's also emotional updates and things that happen that you should be aware of because you can help each other and you should be aware of like what's going on. And um, I forget how we learned this, but we ended up implementing a tool from one of our clients called GeekBot who makes an asynchronous stand-up tool. Stand-up meetings are typically for developers. That's kind of the origin of where that came from, where development team in in-person times would literally like stand up for 10 minutes, standing up because then it forces the meeting to go fast because people aren't like comfortable, comfortable sitting down. Um, and they go around and they answer these three questions. Something, oh God, now I'm going to be embarrassed not knowing the three questions, but it's like, what did you do yesterday? what did you accomplish yesterday? Um, what are you going to do today? And what barriers are there? Some variation of those three questions. Um, and it allows everyone to kind of like keep in touch and be aware. The same flavor of what I'm talking about in terms of our weekly account status updates. So we decided that a good way to keep up with that is to do a similar thing. So for our strategists only, we do this. We have a specific strategist channel. Um, and Geekbot asks questions and Benji and I answer them too. And so the questions are like, the first question is literally, how are you doing today? Again, because the our purpose of this weekly check-in is, and it's only weekly, this is not daily. Again, trying to do the minimize, to strike a balance that errs on the side of like less interference, but still keeping in, in touch. How are you doing today? And that has been awesome. Like people talk, it's like Monday. So people talk about like, their personal life and the weekend and what they did and how they're feeling and how they're sleeping. And that's just like a really good way to have like emotional health. Like people talk about really bad things like, Hey, this like really like this health problem has happened to my loved one. And I'm kind of dealing with this. And that's been so key because it helps do stuff that you would just kind of learn, you know, at lunch and stuff in an in-person office. Um, and people reply threaded, people DM each other, like, you know, how can I help you? Like, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Like, it's really, I think, like built a lot of um, camaraderie, at least that's my perspective and what I'm hearing. And then the next one starts to get into work. Anything blocking your progress on your accounts? Similar to kind of the work thing, they can also do that in their thing. And there they maybe expand on this and it allows us to like, if they say, you know, account X, there's this massive problem. We can go to that channel, see the update and kind of like zoom in real fast. And similar on that note, are there any accounts you're currently worried about? And that allows something that's beyond like the stats that they do in that account channel. Be like, you know, like the feeling I'm getting from this client, they don't seem that interested or like something's weird. I don't, I don't know. Or like, I'm just having a lot of trouble with the product team scheduling these interviews, um, et cetera, you know? And then, um, and then it reminds the last question, just reminds them, did you already share the status update on the account? And so this combination of these GeekBot questions, again, it's all asynchronous. This like bot in Slack asks you this, you fill it out and it sends the update. Like here's Davish's updates um, in, the, in the channel. It allows us to get this emotional check-in and then the actual like metric updates, data and stat updates in the account channel allows us to get the work update. And that has been like pretty key. And I think if, to some large extent, this takes the place of what a typical manager, employee, one-on-one -on -one, like thing would 
would do. And those can be like our meetings that take a bunch of time. They're synchronous, meaning you have to like schedule it right and be at the same time, et cetera. And this takes much less time. I can read through these um, updates really quickly because a lot of them, for a lot of people, like the reality is for a lot of us, you know, in a, any given Monday, there's nothing like remarkable. You're just like, yeah, pretty good. And there's updates that are super short in our status channel, like doing good. Yep. Shared my update. And you're like, okay, like, that's fine. You know? Um, and you don't have to like schedule the one-on-one and be like, do we need it? Hey, I can't make it this time. Let's just do an email update. And it's all this like just work, logistic meeting, email stuff is just taken care of and it's like gone, but you get, I would say 80 to 90% of the benefit. Sure, maybe if you did an actual meeting, you get into the nuances more and stuff. Like, let's not, you know, sure, like for sure you're going to do that. But, you know, we think this is a good compromise. I absolutely love that. Um, and it sounds like your use of Geekbot is really kind of taking the place of those one-on-ones and kind of giving you the 80-20 of that. Um, it also sounds to me like your strategists really are kind of the flywheel that kind of keep growing and convert operating well. And I can just imagine, you know, not everybody is, I mean, I also work asynchronously for the most part, but I know for a fact that like, particularly if you haven't worked remotely before, or maybe your only introduction to working remotely was in 2020 when the pandemic kind of forced everyone to work remotely who could, that that style of working doesn't work for everyone. How do you filter out people who might not be able to operate well asynchronously and autonomously through your hiring and onboarding process? I don't think we intentionally filter that out. I think it would just happen. Um, and it would, it, if they're bad at working autonomously or remotely, for sure, they're just not going to be a fit there. And it will reflect in the work they are doing. So, you know, like for example, at the strategist, at the writer level, it's like the main thing is, do they write well? Well being defined as in line with our um, style, writing style, right? And so for them, the logistical things, like, like what, what, would, what would be affected by remote work on the writer role? Not a ton. In fact, 99 out of 100 writers you tell you talk to would say oh god i would i would hate writing in an office <laughs> because what do writers want they want like large blocks of uninterrupted time and an office is absolutely horrible for that so that's like staying on schedule and we have a couple of those um issues but trello and, and the fact that we have everything kind of um available like asynchronously like you're showing like the card status is here the last thing that was done was here so it's all, so it's not just that Trello is asynchronous, it's also a live dashboard. So you can't hide anything or you'd be like, like what, you know, it's mm -hmm. September 30th, right? Why is this piece still in writing? Like, like we need to get this over the finish line or something, you know? It's like, and I'm like, oh, I just didn't update it. It's actually over here. Then we just like talk to them. Like, hey, can we keep this updated? Like there's a reason why this is doing that. So maybe like deadlines, the only thing for writers for strategists, if someone's not good at working remotely or independently, it will show itself very early on. The first thing is they probably wouldn't be asked to become strategists because those that we ask to become strategists first, the first and biggest filter is do they, 
get our writing process and are they really, really good at it? Because they're going to have to, when their strategists be the, like the last stop gap, the head chef tasting the dish before it goes out. So that's important. And then we're also filtering for those like other personality traits. If they have issues with deadlines and these other things, we're going to be hard pressed to like say, hey, like you'd be a good, we would probably wouldn't say you'd be a good strategist. Have you thought about like doing this? By the way, we don't treat this like as some kind of like promotion because we have writers and strategists. So you can also go full-time at Grow and Convert just writing. And there are people that we've said this to. We said, hey, like, have you thought about being strategists? And they're like, yep. And I don't want to. Like, I'm a writer. I want to do writing stuff. I don't want to do analytics. I do not want to deal with clients and answer all their questions. And I like travel a lot. Because like, you know, when you're a strategist and you have to like answer client questions and be on calls, like there is some level of time zone, like overlap you're going to need. Majority of our clients are in US and Europe, et cetera. And they're just like, I don't want to do that. Like I write on my own time and I like am a nomad or whatever. I mean, we don't actually have a lot of that. We have a little bit, Um, but I just like, you know, I don't want to, it's not my personality and that's totally fine. And they can, we think make a, a, a really nice income just writing. So yeah, I think it gets filtered out just, from seeing that stuff. Like someone who's not good at working remotely or independently is not gonna hit deadlines. That's like the biggest number one thing. They're gonna take forever to communicate and answer questions. And those are kind of the things like if you think about, are we managers? Those are maybe kind of the things that we like, Benji and I and Olivia do that's kind of like a manager hat, even if we're not like, in the you know org chart as the manager or whatever where we're like hey we were cc'd on this email with this client like we need to respond to them like it's been a day or something like that you know yeah does that help absolutely i could talk about async first culture for hours um (laughs) but i also want to be respectful of all our listeners time as well so before we kind of wrap up i always like to ask a couple of lightning round questions Let's do it. The first one is, if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write it about? Oh, Benji has been pushing me to write or us to write uh, a book about our whole um, system. So the the idea is um, it would be a book like about Painpoint SEO and just our content marketing system. It would That particular book idea would not be about remote work um, and work setup and culture and management, the things we've been talking about today but it would be about our actual content marketing, like how to do marketing that prioritizes lead generation. I love it. And I know we didn't really get a chance to chat about this this time around, but like, this is not your first agency. What's one book that's really, really helped you kind of hone your leadership skills and or a book that you'd recommend that all leaders should read? Oh, great question. Uh, I'm going to cheat and mention multiple books. Is that going to get qualified? Love it. Kicked off the island. Um, So one is, oh, geez, I actually literally have to turn and look for the book. I'm going to have so many, a couple of these. Um, What is the title? It's about like companies that stay small and I'm spacing on the title, but I can find it and you could put it in the show notes right after this. Maybe company of one? No, it's like, um, oh, come on. Anyway, it's a book that this journalist profiled this collection of companies that were really successful, but made specific choices to not become ginormous. 
um, Tiny Giants, Small Small Giants. That's the name of the book, Small Giants. Um, and that was more on like philosophy. So I guess I'm cheating. It's not really a leadership question. Oh, that actually touches on a lot of themes around leadership. Like it profiles everything from like these restaurant chains that shows that were extremely successful, but stayed within the specific location in the Northeast or whatever city they're in, as opposed to expanding what every other rest successful restaurant group does, which is expand like nationally or at least regionally all the way to like construction and hard industry to like, um, Ani DeFranco and like her and her business manager's choices to like not be part of a major label and like stay kind of like indie. Um, and, and I thought that was really interesting because a lot of like Benji and I would back when there were conferences, I guess there are conferences again, but back when we used to go to them, we'd run into people that were like, well, what's your exit strategy? And we're like, we don't really have one. And they just were like, you're like, you're naive. Like you're either stupid or you're naive or both or something like that, because that's ridiculous. Like you need to exit. You need to know, like, are you trying to grow the agency to some size and sell it or what? I mean, basically only that. That's like what people do with agencies. Now, it doesn't mean that we'll never sell Grown Covert and we're going to run it till we're 90. Probably not. Let's be realistic. But it means that that's not like our priority that. And that's what that small giants book kind of made me feel okay about that I wasn't stupid for thinking that way, that I was like, well, we have this great company, this great culture, the team like seems to be really happy, like we're happy. We're slowly, very slowly, very methodically, like via the stuff we discussed today, getting ourselves out of like the hair on fire, day-to-day like fire agency life. And we're running what I think the base camp guys call like, what do they call it? Like a calm, a calm company mm-hmm. where things don't happen on emergencies that so many friends that you talk to, like, that's what people complain about at work. It's like, oh, work has been so crazy. Like our goal is that when friends of grown convert team members ask them like, how's work? They say, it's good. It's great. And we've been hitting that. If I can tell our own home for a while, like we've heard stories of people being like, oh yeah, like this friend or like these relatives came over and they were talking about this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, my work is good. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they're like, well, I like it. Like nothing's wrong. Um, and Small Giants kind of really made, I continue to feel like, okay, because of that. There's a couple other process things. I actually tweeted about this and you recommended Checklist Manifesto, Traction, and another book. Um, I forget to me, but one that I had read is by Sam Carpenter. Now I really am going to have to get up and literally look for it. Uh, Okay, Work the System by Sam Carpenter. Now, I need to caveat, I haven't been able to successfully get, this might be another podcast, Jessica, but I haven't been able to successfully get all details of his recommendations to work for my, for Grown Convert or even the other company. But it's this really interesting story that at least will, open your eyes to it. One thing I've learned about this kind of B2B reading is you need to go in with a mentality of like, I'm learning like these recommendations from them. I will try to, to do what they're saying, but also like life is complicated and I'm going to have to modify it. And that's like a reasonable, I think, in, in, a, in a wise way to like interpret these books. And so he has this crazy story of like, he bought this like phone, phone, business like where they like answer calls for other business um and and like take messages or whatever when the business doesn't have like a call it's like kind of like a call center business 
but it seems more complicated than that. And ran it into the ground and had like loans from all these banks. The banks wouldn't loan him any more money. It was like losing money left and right. He like, I think he like left his apartment, just slept in the office and was like, this is over. I'm declaring bankruptcy. And according to this story, also like take a grain of salt of any of these dramatic stories at the beginning of business books. My personal thing is that they're probably exaggerated, but anyway, and then had this like epiphany and started being like, well, every operation in the business that's just totally whack right now is a system where there's like a repeatable thing. And right now the system is everyone just does whatever the hell they want. It's a ridiculous system for every process. Why don't I take one process at a time that's annoying me and just write down the system? And so it's really about like these series of um, systematizing things and writing it down and then getting the people that are doing it to keep that updated. And, you know, like any business book now, he talks about, again, take this part with a grain of salt. Like he checks in with the business like two hours every Monday or something and like hangs out the rest of the time and he grows his other business, which is this thing, like to teach other businesses how to do this and systematize the business. Now, my actual experience, and that's what I tweeted out, is that every time, and we've tried a ton to write down, document, video, using apps like Guru and all this to like write stuff down and document these processes, that it eventually just goes stale really fast and no one uses it. And so then it comes back to like, you know, Davish, how do I do this thing in Google Analytics? And I was like, man, I've recorded like 15 videos for this. But I think that was good at just thinking about that, you know, like uh, even if it doesn't work perfectly for you, there's things that can be good. And we do have some processes that have helped. And it's not that 100% of the time they come out to us. And one thing that came of that is like, we built our course um, in that way. And that's a revenue generator, you know, and that we've often had like strategists and all go through the course and writers go through the course. And that's helped a ton um, take what would normally be just like days of Zoom calls and coaching that we would do manually. And we did at the beginning time, just like call after call. I remember to some extent, those are kind of fun, but whatever. So those are two books that immediately come to mind. I love it. Wait, I have one more. The more episodes I do of this, the more books, A, that you notice some patterns with certain books that show up over and over again. But like, I also have like books, like I think you're the first one to recommend the Small Giants book. Mm. Um, And I love it. Um, Where can listeners find you online? Um, I'll say that in a second of one more book. I'm totally like taking way more time than you wanted me to. I apologize. No, I'm writing well by William Sincer. And I'm going to argue that that's a leadership book, even though it's not, it's a writing book, but clear communication, even if you're not a content marketing and writing based organization is like essential. And it's just so, I mean, this is like very famous in the writing world. The cover literally says like sold over 2 million copies. William Zinzer was this professor of writing and like, Yale or something. He has since passed away. Um, and there, he breaks down. The, he has these amazing stories. And I'm going to get mixed up that in the second related book, Writing to Learn. But anyway, I think on writing well, of like him dissecting the writing of superintendents and principals at a particular school district in the middle of the country that like hired him back in the day to just improve their communication with parents. And he has these, like, it's really funny. Like he has this dry sense of humor and he has these examples of them just saying simple things like you can't bring school lunch, but it's like a paragraph of just like business jargon. Um, So 
anyway, I wanted to mention that growandconvert.com um, is where you'll read about our site. You can find me specifically at Davish Kanal, D-E-V-E-S-H-K-H-A-N-A-L on Twitter. Um, but the main thing is growandconvert.com. You can subscribe to our email list there where we have updates. We write elaborate articles um, detailing our case studies. We send emails talking about like things we're working on and that would be a good way uh, to keep in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the Work Tribe podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Remote Work Drive podcast. Please visit our site, theremoteworkdrive.com, to learn more about remote work trends and insights.